Well, hey, good morning, Abundant Life. My name is Chad. If you have a copy of God's Word, why don't you find the book of Daniel is where we're going to be at this morning. And we are continuing this series called Light in the Night, where we've been walking through the book of Habakkuk, but it's going to take us into the book of Daniel this morning. I don't know about you, but man, I am ready for things to reopen, and there is hope on the horizon. And you need to know this, that we as a church staff, Pastor Phil and our team, we are working hard to reopen with wisdom with caution, but with excitement. Well, a few years ago, I found myself in a little bit of a predicament. And so my wife and I, we had been married about 13 months, and we went out for a four-wheeling ride. And, you know, most of the time, this is going to be a really good experience. And for most of the time in that particular day, it was a great experience for us. But uh, we were headed back to the barn, and it was like that, you know, I want to do one last little ride. And we were actually sitting still on the four-wheeler, and it's one of these, like, racing four-wheelers. And I hit the throttle, and it rears up on us. We both go off the back of the four-wheeler. I tuck and roll, and then I pop up, and I'm like, oh, man, that was amazing. And then I look, and I see my wife in the fetal position, and she's saying, oh, my back, oh, my back. And at first, I was kind of like, you know, surely it's not that big of a deal. And I get down on my hands and knees, and I get real close to her, and she's just wincing in pain. Oh, my back. Oh, my back. Call 911. Call 911. And so immediately, I, I call 911, and, and the ambulance comes out, and we rush off to the hospital. And to make a long story short, what happened was when we went off the four-wheeler, she landed in such a way that she suffered a compression fracture in the middle of her back. And so we're married 13 months, newlyweds. And the doctor looks at us both and says that your wife and looks at Chelsea and says, you need to stay horizontal for the next 90 days. And so immediately we, we go into this season of, of pause, that it was something that was unforeseeable, it was unwanted, it was unfortunate, but listen, it was undeniable. We found ourselves in that season kind of wondering, okay, what is the new normal here? Now, real quickly, uh, you need to know that, that Chelsea's okay. We actually went back out to the farm about a year later, and we grabbed this picture just to kind of, you know, hopefully make a memory and, and, you know, look back upon this time and say, hey, it wasn't, you know, all doom and gloom. And so we got back on the Kawasaki, and, and she, for fun, just put on the back brace that she was, uh, that she was limited to for 90 days, and she looks beautiful there, and, and everything's okay. Her back is completely healed, uh, but there's still is this pain in her neck, but come to find out that, that's just me. Uh, you can go ahead and throw LOL in the chat just to give me a little bit of affirmation right here. Anyway, and so I start there because I think this is where we are at as a culture, right? Like there's this thing that has come into society that was unforeseen, that's unwanted, that's unfortunate, but listen, it's undeniable. And we're all looking at each other and we're all trying to figure out like what does normal look like now? And I think that we've, we've come in here and we've tuned into this video and we're asking these questions and we're kind of saying, you know, God, what are you doing? And Pastor Phil, over the last several weeks, he's been referring to this season as a divine interruption. It's like this holy pause that God has put us on just like this video right now, that you're watching this and and you're thinking, oh no, what happened to the stream? Listen, don't try to change the video right now. You can't change it. This was all intentional. Somebody in the chat right now, you're saying, something's wrong with the stream. What's going on with the video? 
It's all on purpose that we decided to create this pause in this video right now to try to capture the frustration that we all feel when something that was supposed to be predictable paused. So just like this video's paused, Disney World is paused. The NBA is paused. Our economy is paused. Life is on pause and it can be frustrating because we thought it was gonna play out a certain way. And we're all asking right now, maybe in your living room or on your stream, when is this video going to unpause? When is it gonna get back to normal? And I think this is a picture of what's going on in our life right now. Like when's it all gonna get back to normal? But what is normal anyway, right? Like, like what if normal is just this facade that we've kind of made up that's just kind of uh, like I'm ready for things to get back to predictable? Or, or this illusion of controllable, right? Like, what, is, what if our normal that we're, that we're longing for in God's eyes is just nominal? Like, I don't know about you, but I have this sensation, I have this feeling that, that we're not gonna go back to things as normal that we once understood them as. That I, that I, I don't, I, if I'm being honest, I don't wanna go back to normal. I wanna go towards what God wants. I've titled this message, if you're taking notes this morning, A New Normal, A New Normal. And here's what I'm gonna challenge you to do this morning, is as we go towards God's best in the season, I'm gonna call you to make some new commitments. If you're isolated and shut in in this time and you don't have this community, I'm gonna call you to take steps towards a new community. And before we leave tonight, excuse me, before we leave this morning, I'm gonna ask that you would have confidence in the word of God and that you would have this expression and this experience of a new confidence. So again, we're in this series called Light in the Night and we've been looking at Habakkuk whose name literally means to wrestle and embrace. And to put it in other words, Habakkuk's name literally means just hang on, you know, just hold on for dear life. That Habakkuk is this prophet who is expressing back to God the frustrations that he feels. That some have said that Habakkuk is like the rawest expression of what in the world is happening right now. And we see in these three chapters in Habakkuk that he, he sobs towards God and then he screams at God, but listen, he finishes singing towards God. And last week we had this moment where Pastor Phil invited us to stand in our living rooms and to stand in our homes and declare that God is a way maker. And though you may be screaming, though you may be sobbing, don't cease to sing to God. Darkness had fallen on God's people because the Babylonians, they had swept the Israelites like the 91 bulls did the Pistons. Y'all been watching the last day? Anyway, so that's what has happened. In, in all seriousness, it was a dark time. Like, like this enemy had come in and things just were different. Everything that they knew had changed. And we don't know much about Habakkuk, but we can conclude that he was more than likely there when the the deportation of all of these people took place. We know from a timeline that in 605 BC, there was a, uh, there was a, a deportation of people that, that they, had, had, they took the best and the brightest of the Israelites and they, they robbed them and they took them to Babylon. And then just a, a few years later in 597 BC, the temple was destroyed. 
Now, we don't really have much of a concept of this, but the temple was like, it was like the icon of God's invincibility. And they would have seen this enemy come in and completely destroy it. That everyone would have been saying, this is different. I wanna go back to normal, but life would have never been the same for them again. Daniel, he was one of the young men that was deported and we pick up in his life in the book of Daniel in chapter one. And what I want to do is I want to look at Daniel's book and I want to draw three principles from his book. And I wanted to go to Daniel because he literally was right in the middle of this, this radical shift of things. Like everything in Daniel's life was on pause. He was a teenager when he got deported to Babylon. So prom was canceled for Daniel. Graduation was canceled for Daniel. But he is a shining example of what it looks like to learn a new normal in the midst of unwanted times, unforeseeable circumstances, but undeniable difficulties. So in Daniel chapter one, the, the deportation had taken place and his life was on hiatus and he had a couple of friends and basically they were taken and given this opportunity to eat from the king's table and to learn the ways of the Babylonians. But Daniel, he, he made a decision to not do that and his friends did as well. And so here's what he says in Daniel one. Starting in verse eight, it says, but Daniel purposed in his heart, you could underline that phrase. He purposed in his heart that he would not defile himself with the portion of the king's delicacies, nor with the wine which he drank. Therefore, he requested of the chief of the eunuchs that he might not defile himself. And so what, what he's saying is like, hey, I wanna, I wanna basically go on a diet and not eat these things because those will violate my conscience. And actually that is a sin in my belief system. And so the, the eunuch strikes up this deal and Daniel says, give it 10 days and we'll see how it goes. And they made this new commitment and God honored them in a great way. Point number one, if you're taking notes this morning, you could write this down, a new commitment, a new commitment that Daniel was learning a new normal by purposing in his heart some new habits. So we're in a new situation right now, folks. <laughs> this, this is a new deal that we are navigating. We've never been through anything like this in our lifetime. And new situations create new opportunities. So I wonder, like, as you've been going through all of this, what are some of the new things that God has put upon your heart that, that you have purposed in your heart that you want to add to your life or remove from your life as a result of this time? Like, hopefully, this new normal will be less busy. Like, like y'all remember a few weeks ago when you had all those plans? Like, can we just take and have a moment of pause and just pray for all the type A planners that we have listening to this video right now? Like, you had all these plans. Like, I was supposed to be traveling right now. I was supposed to be doing this, this, and this. Weddings have been rearranged. I mean, all of these things have taken place. And, and maybe God is trying to give us this pause, this divine interruption, so that we would learn to be less busy. Like, like busy at... It's something that is such a cool thing in our culture. And I think that God is trying to give us a vision of what life could be like if we begin to focus on the things that matter most. Like, here's what I know about busy. That busy is the enemy of intimacy. Busy is the enemy of intimacy in any relationship. If you try to rush a relationship, it's just gonna show that you don't value that relationship. If you try to rush into something, more than likely you're gonna make a mistake. That busy 
and multitask, you cannot multitask relationships. That busy is the enemy of intimacy. So when my wife and I, when we were locked down because of this back injury that she suffered, we learned to do some new things. Like up until that point in our life, we've been married 13 months, we had traveled to three countries, and we were just used to being on the go. We were go, go, go. We went from go, go, go to slow, slow, slow. And I think everyone listening to this right now, you know exactly what that's like. But listen, that wasn't a bad thing. That because we slowed down, we were able to foster some new things in our relationship. Because we eliminated hurry and busy in our lives, we were, able to, we were able to cultivate a new sense of intimacy in our family. I think there's two relationships that, that busyness is the enemy of. The first relationship is your relationship with God. Like if you claim to follow Jesus and you have not been consistently getting into God's word as a result of this pause, you are missing out. Get into God's word, study through a book, get into a, a, a reading plan and begin to search the scriptures and dig into this relationship. Maybe the new commitment that you need to make is to pursue the Lord in a new way and to form some new disciplines in your life. Another relationship that, that you should be focusing in on this time is, is your household. Now that may mean that you're in baby boot camp. That may mean that you're, you're empty nesting. It may just be you and your dog. Some of y'all's dogs are like, man, who is this owner? You know, they've gotten to know you better and you've got this tight relationship. You taught your dog how to roll. You taught your dog how to, how to do all of these cool things and your dog's loving all of this time. Others of you, you are shut in with, with your family and, and you're creating some new memories and you're leveraging this lockdown in a new way and you should but let us make some new commitments to not return back to the days where we were so busy, where we didn't even sit around the table once a week, but let's create some new things. Let's create some new opportunities and some new commitments. There was a couple that, uh, one, the guy, he came to Christ recently, I think his name's Luke, and he came to Christ, and, and then him and his, his girl, they got married, and, and because of all of this shut-in, they've, they've been able to work at home. They're both accountants, and one of the new habits or one of the new commitments that they've made is that they signed up to do what we call D1. It's this book called Directions, but really the book is just an occasion to do what Jesus commanded us to do, and that's to make disciples. And so this newlywed couple that's newly come to Christ is now being discipled by this older couple that is investing their life into their life. So they're doing discipleship over Zoom and they're hanging out. And what this couple shared with the couple that's discipling them is that we have leveraged this lockdown to create some new commitments where we eat together as a couple and then we open up the word of God on the regular and we study the word of God together. And God is birthing some new things and some new intimacy in their relationship because of all of this. And y'all know, like, they're newlyweds, and so they're getting to explore all kinds of fun things, right? Amen, glory, thank you, Jesus. But there is no substitute for spiritual intimacy. And maybe you need to make a new commitment like that to begin to look at the people that you are locked in with, whether that be a roommate, whether that be your dog, whether that be a new spouse, your kids, and you begin to invest in them in a new way. What will your new normal look like? What if we made a new commitment to invest in the people that we love the most? What if you made a new commitment to invest in your kids if you have them spiritually in a new way? 
says that Daniel purposed in his heart to not give in to sin. Like, this is crazy, right? You've got a teenage guy, and you've got his three buddies, okay, four teenagers that have been deported to like, to like the Vegas of the day. I mean, I mean the, the capital of Babylon, it was going on there. And then they were given every opportunity to eat and to drink, whatever they want. This was like rush week, freshman year of college with all the alcohol you could buy, right? And, and, and this is what they did. They were in the midst of those, tempta- those tempting times and they remained loyal in the turmoil and they didn't sin against God. But man, that had me asking, like, where did they get that? Like, like how, how do you raise a teenager that would go through that, op- that opportunity or that temptation and not give in? Well, there's no doubt that Daniel and his three buddies, that they were given a great foundation by, by their parents. That their parents had, had sown some things into their life so that they could thrive in Babylon that their parents took, took the personal responsibility and they saw the biblical priority to disciple their kids. So, so listen, if you have kids, don't miss this. If you have children and you follow Jesus, Fusion Student Ministry and Journey Kids Ministry is not the plan for discipleship. You are. And that God, he has put this pause, this divine interruption so that we could form some new habits and some new commitments. And I'm calling you to disciple your kids. That it is not normal, according to the scriptures, to abdicate your spiritual responsibility to the church. That what's normal, according to the scriptures, is that you are the primary faith trainer of your kids. And so listen, we want, to, we want to come alongside of you. Journey Kids, Fusion Student Ministry, they are here to supply you with resources, but they are not here to supplant your relationship with your kids. And so one of the resources that we talk a lot about here because it's amazing is the Journey Today Show. And so the Journey Today Show, you could tune in on YouTube, on Facebook. They provide weekly content for people that are really 12 and under, and it's awesome. And they have a great time. They teach biblical truth, and they set you up for success. Or, or maybe you have a, um, a teenager. Well, we just launched a Fusion Parent podcast so parents could tune in and get equipped to be able to navigate these very difficult times of teenage years. And we're here for you. And we wanna come alongside of you and we wanna supply you with resources, but we don't wanna supplant your relationship. Busy, it's the intimacy, excuse me, it's the enemy of intimacy. And we don't want to, drop our kids off, when we open this thing back up and when we start this process of re-entry and learn a new normal, listen, journey kids will not be opened at first. And that's not a bad thing. Because don't miss this, the new normal that is less busy can be more biblical. We're here for you, but let us not go back to busy because busy is the enemy of intimacy. So maybe you're sitting here thinking, okay, what are we gonna return back to? What am I gonna, what kind of new commitments am I gonna make? Well, let me give you three questions just to think of. First of all, when you're thinking about what are we gonna go back to, our new normal, the first question is, what do I wanna return to? Do I wanna return back to that, that, that baseball team? Do I wanna return back to that schedule? The second question is, what do I wanna resign from? Like, what do you need to take advantage of this season just to say, hey, we're going to quit that altogether. We didn't need that in our life. I don't know why we were committed to that thing. It wasn't that big of a deal. And then the third question, what do you need to reform? 
Listen, it's okay to go back to some things, but maybe you need to tweak and modify those things. What new commitments do you need to make in this new normal that will allow you to become the man or the woman that God has created you to become. Throw in the chat right now. Hey, this is what I want to do. This is my new normal. This is what it's going to look like for me. These are my commitments. And so Daniel and his three friends, man, they created this, this, this purpose in their heart to honor God. And, and when they honored God, God blessed them amazingly. It's, it's incredible that God expanded their platform because they were faithful to honor God. And we find out in Daniel chapter one, starting in verse 19, that it says this, that the king inter- interviewed them. And among them all, none was found like Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah. Therefore, they served before the king. And so God, pro- don't miss this, God promoted them because they had purposed in their heart to bring him glory. And I love this because this is what God does. Like blessing always follows obedience. And man, I am so honored to be a part of a church that, is, that has set some things in motion ahead of time. Like Abundant Life, we have been committed to so many things faithfully, but I wanna share with you two things that we have been committed to faithfully and that God is blessing abundantly. One of those things that we've been committed to faithfully is we've been committed to, our, to love our community and so what's happened is that we've, man, we've, we've had this long-standing relationship with our community where we've provided groceries in the community. And so this season that's happened, like we've been able to just increase that and God has expanded our influence because of that. And so like news stories are picking up the fact that we've been meeting needs in our food pantry. Uh, we, have, we have groups and we have members of our church that are leveraging their sewing skills to make masks for health professionals. And God is just expanding our influence because we have been faithful to do the things before the crisis hit. And so like just during this crisis, we have fed 7,800 people. That's 8% of Lee Summit, y'all. 8% of Lee Summit has gone through our food pantry and because of your generosity and because of your faithfulness to serve this community, we have been living proof of a loving God to a watching world in a new way. And God is blowing up our platform in a good way. That, that we, if, if you're just now tuning in to Abundant Life, you need to know this, that we have faithfully committed to preach the word of God in season and out of season. And I am so honored to be able to serve underneath Pastor Phil. Pastor Phil is not a ear-tickling preacher, but he is a man that has faithfully proclaimed the truths of God. Man, why don't you throw in the chat right now, shout out to Pastor Phil. Maybe you throw a, a heart emoji or a thumbs up for what God's doing through our food pantry. And let's celebrate some things and let's affirm the, the work that God has done in our life and in the life of our church. And so we, we have this, this church that has been committed to faithfully proclaim the word of God. And during this shut-in, man, our online presence and our message has blown up in a good way, y'all. Like we are seeing our online presence increase by tenfold. Ten times the number of people that were tuning in to watch us online that the word of God is permeating into homes, that the new normal is that people are engaging with the gospel and with the word of God in a very, very new way, that this message is being brought to you in your living room or in your kitchen or on your device, and God is using it to meet and minister to people. We've had over 100 new people take their next step this last month. People from Colorado, people from Nebraska, people from Arizona, people from Florida. We've had over 40 people click decide when they said, I wanna take a next step and follow Jesus in the last two weeks. 
that church buildings are empty, but God is on the move. And we have been faithful to preach the word of God and we are embracing this new normal. That, that we, we long to see like, like what we've had existing, what was the old normal is that we had an online platform. But God has expanded that and people are tuning in from all over the country and we long to see an online congregation birthed. Like imagine people on, online that are reflecting the mission, the vision, and the values of abundant life or of God's word in their respective communities and their respective places of influence. Man, wouldn't that be amazing that we could have abundant life campuses digitally in Arizona, in Seattle, in California, in Montana. We could, we could allow this digital platform turn into a digital congregation all across the nation. Like, what if the next great awakening took place digitally? I don't want to go back to normal church. I want to allow God to expand our influence, and I want to be faithful to continue to steward the opportunities that he's gave, given us. So let us make some new commitments, church, and let us not go back to, to normal as we knew it. Well, Daniel, he had his crew. We, we heard about them just a while ago. Their names were Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah, but you may know them as Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And we fast forward in the story in Daniel, in Daniel chapter three, what's happening is that they, this, these three friends, they were navigating this new normal in a new way. And, and these guys, they were like ride or die guys, right? Like they weren't just fair weather friends. They were, they, were, they were thick as thieves. They were together, they were in it. And we find out in Daniel chapter three that, that the king was asking them to do some things. Now he was saying, you know, hey, y'all need to wear some masks. Y'all need to wash your hands. Y'all need to do some social distancing. And they were okay with all that. That's not really in the Bible, but I added that. But they were okay with all of that. You should too. Anyway, they were okay with all that. But when the king said that you've got to worship a God that isn't the one true God, that's where they drew the line. And that's where we draw the line too, church. And so they refused to bow. And the king arrests them and he, he orders them to be punished by death. And they had this furnace and they were gonna throw him in this furnace and he said, make the furnace hot. Make it, he was trying to make it as hot as his rage. And he throws these three men in this furnace and they were together going through this suffering but then there was another one in the fire. And some of y'all know this story that the king looks and it's like, man, there's someone that is shining bright like the son of man, like an angel of God. And it was in fact Jesus Christ himself that joined them in the fire. And some of y'all need to know this right now that God does not abandon you when you need him the most. Like God is with you. He is firmly aware of what is going on. He's not aloof to what's going on. He, he, he hasn't lost track of you and your needs and your family and your friends that God sometimes, he will not deliver us from the fire, but he will meet us in the midst of it, and he will deliver us through it. God's true to his word. Never will he leave you nor forsake you. And we pick up in Daniel chapter three, starting at verse 26, and it says this, then Nebuchadnezzar, who was the king, he went near the mouth of the burning fiery furnace and spoke, saying, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, servants of the most high God, come out and come here. And then Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they came from the midst of the fire and the, and the satraps and administrators, governors, and the king's counselors gathered together and they saw these men on whose bodies the fire had no power, praise God. The hair of their head was not singed nor their garments affected, hallelujah. And the smell of fire was not on them. That these three, they faced this trial together and God worked greatly through them. But listen, don't miss this, they were together. 
Point number two, if you're taking notes this morning, you could write this down. A new community. A new community. See, the new normal that we need to get back to is that we need to get involved in community. Like, I think we've invented this version of Christianity that is based upon autonomy. And the only problem with that is that it's not biblical. And so if you've invented this Christianity where you have no serious community, when I'm talking community, like three, or, or, or three to ten people, listen, that's not normal biblically. Like when you read the scriptures, solid community is the normal. And some of you, maybe, maybe you're listening to this, and, and maybe it's been a tough time for you. And, and man, I, I, actually, I know this for a fact from calling people. This has been a really, really difficult time. You've been isolated. You've been lonely. You've been depressed. And I don't know why. I don't know what the reason is for why you are alone. But for some of you listening, maybe the reason why this shut-in has been so difficult is because you have shut out all the people that love you the most. Like if you are listening to this and you're alone, maybe you should ask yourself, how did I get here? And if you're connected to our body, we want to connect you with a, a, a live group, a community. Like if you're alone, let's change that. Like, like, reach out to us. Let us help you get connected to some people. Don't face another furnace in isolation. So we have this thing that we do three times a year called Group Connect. And you can sign up right now. You can hit pause on this, and you can sign up for Group Connect. It's going down the second week of June. We're going to do it digitally. It's going to be amazing. You're going to find your people, and we want you to get connected in community. You, you need to get connected. If, if maybe if, if you don't know how to do this, just throw in the chat right now. Can someone help me get connected? So that, that day when we were on the four-wheeler, you know, I was telling y'all I wrecked the four-wheeler. My wife went off. She broke her back, and it was just a bad day. And, and here's what I learned as I kind of reflect back upon that. I wasn't really cherishing and taking care of my bride like I should have been. You know, some of y'all are like, yeah, no duh, right? And so here's what I learned as a result of all of that. That when I was threatened with having a paralyzed wife or maybe even losing my wife, like it created in me this new sense of appreciation for my bride. Now, I think a lot of us have been reckless with the bride of Christ or the church. And we've just kind of said, you know what, one day I'll get involved. But now that all of this has happened and this pause has taken place, we have this new appreciation for the bride of Christ. And listen, we're gonna reopen soon. And when we reopen, you need to get connected to community. Because just, just because things will go back to us being able to meet as a body, I, I'm no fool to think that this won't happen again. Like what if, what if some sort of thing, like a shut-in, and uh, what if all of this takes place again? And, and if you've made Christianity about being connected to a building, then, then this experience or an experience like it in the future is gonna be very, very difficult. And maybe your new normal is to get connected to a new community. And if you're alone right now, let's change that. God didn't die so that you would stay alone. God died to call you to a family and to a body. And so let's get connected. Let's have a new normal church where we are in groups and we're able to navigate the furnaces together. I don't wanna go back to normal. I wanna run towards what God has for us. So let's make some new commitments to get into new communities. 
Well, perhaps the most famous story in the book of Daniel is found in Daniel chapter six when he is sent to the lion's den. And what's happening in Daniel chapter six is that he was doing church at home and he was doing church at home before it was before it was cool, hashtag trending anyway. So he was a trendsetter doing church at home and he got arrested for it. And so he's kind of put in this predicament. They said, if anyone prays for the next 30 days to a God other than the king, then they need to be killed. Well, Daniel, he didn't compromise his convictions. And so he gets arrested and the law says that he needs to be thrown into the lion's den. And so Nebuchadnezzar comes and grabs him and he's a little bit upset about this and he throws him down in the lion's den with Joe Exotic and he's gonna get eaten up and he's gonna die. And Daniel finds himself in this dark place and then they roll the stone over the hole and they say, goodbye, Daniel. And then the next morning the king comes and he basically says, Daniel, Daniel, are you okay? And we see in, in Daniel 6, 21, that, that, that Daniel said to the king, O king, live forever. My God sent his angel and shut the lion's mouth so that they have not hurt me because I was found innocent before him. And also, O king, I have done no wrong before you. Now the king was exceedingly glad for him. And he commanded that they take Daniel up and out of the den. So Daniel was taken up out of the den and no injury whatever was found on him because he believed in his God. I love that. You could underline that, circle that. You could tweet that, put it in the chat. And so Daniel, check this out. He emerged from perhaps the longest and the darkest night of his life with a new confidence in the deliverance of God. This is a new normal. We're learning some new things. And point number three, and finally, if you're taking notes this morning, you could write this down. I want you to have a new confidence. I want you to have a new confidence that Daniel, he had learned to trust God in a new way, and God had given him a new confidence. I wonder, what are you trusting in? What is that thing that you've you put your, your weight upon? Is it the economy? Is it the predictability of your life, your perceived stability? Sweet friends, I would tell you to trust in the Lord that God is the only thing that is constant and maybe the new normal is that you've learned a new way to trust in God and he's given you confidence. Interestingly, as I was studying this passage and how Habakkuk related to Daniel, there's this book called the Apocrypha and it has some historical value to it, but it's not inspired scripture. But I thought it was interesting because it adds that Habakkuk was cooking some stew someday and this angel comes to Habakkuk and says, hey, we need to take this stew to Babylon. And he's like, I ain't never been to Babylon. And so this angel kind of just, you know, takes him to Babylon and, and then he finds himself in the lion's den with Daniel, feeding Daniel this stew and then he just goes away. And, and I thought that was interesting. It's very unlikely that it actually happened. But the principle is this, that there is no doubt that when Daniel was in the lion's den, he drew upon the stew of Habakkuk's words. Daniel, he would have been fully aware of what Habakkuk had written. That Daniel in that dark place, he would have sobbed, he would have screamed, but he would have ended in a song. And Daniel found the word of God as his light in the night. And listen, when we get into the word of God, it builds hope in the God of the word, that he is our strength. The big idea in the book of Daniel is that God is sovereign even in the midst of dark times. And that when we get into the word of God, the, the God of the word, he shows up in a mighty way. 
And that's why the author of the book of Hebrews, he would remind us of what God has done that would give us confidence in the God of this word. He says in Hebrews 10, 32 through 39, he says, remember those early days after you have received the light when you endured in a great conflict full of suffering. Sometimes you were publicly exposed to insult and persecution. At other times you stood side by side with those who were so treated. You suffered along with those in prison and joyfully accepted the confiscation of your property because you knew that you yourselves had better and lasting possessions. Some of you were social distancing. Others of you were isolated and shut in. Some of you got COVID-19. But he says this, so do not throw away your confidence. It will be richly rewarded. You need to persevere so that when you have done the will of God, you will receive what he has promised. That's a promise of life, of hope, of, of heaven. Verse 37, for in just a little while, he, he he who is coming will come and will not delay. Hebrews, the author is quoting Habakkuk right here. He says in verse 38, and but my righteous one will live by faith. And I take no pleasure in the one who shrinks back. I love this, verse 39, but we do not belong to those who shrink back and are destroyed, but we belong to those who have faith and are saved. Listen, I don't wanna go back to comfortable I don't want to go back to predictable, self-reliant faith. I want to run towards dependent, self-sacrificing, self-surrendering, Holy Spirit-reliant faith that is confident in God's sovereignty through it all. This is our new normal. This is our new reality, that God did something special in that time when my wife and I were stuck inside. Like he, he forged some things when we were on pause. We created some new commitments. We found new com community, and we had a new confidence in God, and we had a new confidence in the covenant that we had. And listen, I wouldn't wish bad times on anybody, but as, as I look back at the bad times in my life, I wouldn't trade them for anything because God has done something to breed confidence and trust and reliance in him through those times in a new way. And as I see it, that's what we need the most. Some people are asking, Chad, what, what's God teaching you in this time? He's teaching me a new confidence in him. Uh, right now, I'm preaching to a camera in an empty room praying that God would do what only he can do, that somehow, some way, he would bless these words, that it's being transmitted through invisible things I can't see over to you, and you're pulling up your laptop or your TV, and I'm praying that God is stirring some things inside of you right now, that I don't want to go back to normal. I want, to, I want a new normal. I want to run towards what God has for me, and it's difficult because I'm learning how to be more dependent than ever before. And this is what God desires, that God has birthed new confidence. Even in the season, I was at Lowe's the other day and I ran into a guy that kind of, he kind of hunted me down, said, hey, Chad, hey, Chad, and he introduced himself. And I didn't recognize him, but he recognized me. And basically what he was saying is that you don't know me, but I know you because God has used you to lead me to him in this time. He came to Christ as a result of this shut-in. God is at work, y'all. This is a new normal. He's doing some amazing things. That this guy's life had been changed by Jesus. I wonder, has your life been changed by Jesus? Has this been a season 
where you've turned your life over to Jesus? And I think the reason why maybe God has brought this to take place in our life, maybe the reason why he's brought this broadcast to you right now where you are this morning is because he loves you. That in Christ, man, there's hope, there's life, there's stability. That he's the one that you're longing for. He's the new that you need desperately. But you can't have a new normal unless you have a new heart. That Daniel, he's, he's great, man. He's an amazing picture of what God can do in the midst of dark times. But there's one that's greater, y'all. There is a greater Daniel that is the source of all my confidence and every confidence of a believer in God and that source and that person, his name is Jesus. That though Daniel was a righteous man, Jesus was a sinless man. That though Daniel was delivered from the lion's den, Jesus was delivered to the cross. That Daniel went through a distressed night, but Jesus went through death for three days. But when the king said, roll the stone away, Daniel came out safe. And when the king of heaven said, roll the stone away, Jesus emerged from the tomb alive. And that is our hope. And that's why Paul could say in 2 Corinthians 5, 17, that if anyone is in Christ, he's a new creation. The old is gone and the new has come. That Jesus wants you to have a new life. That's the new normal that you need. And I want to give you an opportunity right now. If you never profess Christ as your Lord and your Savior, what are you waiting on? Why not bow your head right now and pray with me and ask Christ to save you? Go ahead, bow your head. Just repeat after me. Wherever you are, God can hear you. He wants a relationship with you. Just pray something like this. Lord Jesus, I know I'm a sinner. And I want new life in you. Would you save me? I believe you died on the cross and rose from the grave. Would you move in and take ownership over my life? In Christ's name I pray, amen. Hey, if you just prayed that prayer, we would love to connect with you. You can click the decision button right now, or you can text the word decision to the number that's gonna pop up underneath me. Everyone else that's heard this message, what decision do you need to make? Man, let us not go back to normal. Let us go towards a new identity, a new life in Christ. Let us make some new commitments. Let us find new community. And let us have a new confidence in the Lord. Let's go, church.